Let me run downstairs quick and see if I can find that because I don't want to have to deal with fucking dubstep and whatnot. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Give me uh, give me two minutes. I'll be right back. All right. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, an intentionally offensive wrestling podcast. This week, we're changing shit up. I'm your host, Troy. With me is the man who birthed this turd, Adam's here. And then left it in a dumpster at the prom. It's me. Uh, yeah, Jason is jerking on off. assignment. <laughs> Did you say jerking off? Yes. <laughs> Why is it always jerking off with you? Uh, and I figured I should come on because uh, due to various conflicts, I haven't put out an episode of Nitromania in like a month. But that's hopefully going to change next week. But uh, yes, I am here, and uh, I guess I'm ready to talk about shit. All right. Well, because I've been left in charge of this thing yet again and in charge of editing... I don't have the music for the perfect ten, so let's see what I decided to put in in its place. One dog tree. He looked at me and laughed. Said I only eat in the ten, so you better add things fast. I reached into the tree box and pulled out nine more treats. I dropped them in his dog bowl. Said I... we start off. Oh, I liked that. that was that was a good one. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna start things off um, by talking about. Let's go right here. All in will be on major pay-per-view and streaming services. 
And uh, we found out just recently that there will actually be a pre-show on WGN America uh, called Zero Hour. Um, and then, of course, all in will be on traditional pay-per-view outlets, Fight TV, and the Honor Club streaming service. Um, so I know that Jason wanted to talk about, um, you know, I guess how it impacts the, the business and everything like that. Um, obviously, you know, anytime that you've got more eyes on the product, it, it helps out. Um, this this show is probably going to make a boatload of cash. Uh, so, which, Hopefully. which, yeah. So there, so far, have been nine matches listed here. I'm going to run them off for you, and you're going to tell me which one is the one you're most interested in watching. Okay. All right, we've got Nick Aldis. Sure. All right, we've got Nick Aldis defending the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Why is he got a double, got an S on it? Anyways, uh, versus Cody Rhodes, um, Okada versus Marty Scroll, Joey Janela versus Hangman Page, Rey Mysterio, Fenix, and Bandito versus the Golden Elite, Matt Nick Jackson and Kota Ibushi, Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell for some reason, the Briscoe Brothers versus SoCal Uncensored. Over the an over budget battle royale, which will be a 15 person battle royale to determine the number one contender for the ROH championship. Madison Rain, Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, and Tessa Blanchard in a four way match, and Jay Lethal against the winner of the over budget battle royale. Which match are you most interested in watching? Um, from everything I have heard, um, the uh, the Joey Janela match should fucking steal the show completely so uh that uh, that should absolutely be an incredible match the nwa heavyweight championship match between nick aldis and cody rhodes should be great uh jay lethal always puts on a good uh, a good match when he's out there so i think uh, top to bottom it is what everyone expected it to be it is an absolutely stacked card uh from from open to close and uh, i don't think anyone is is going to walk away from this regretting having bought a ticket or spent the $39 to get it on pay-per-view or on the Fight TV app or anything like that. But I think those two those two matches, probably Aldis and Rhodes and the, the Joe Janela-Hangman-Page match, are definitely probably the two that I would be most looking forward to if I was uh, going to be watching the show. Well, there you go. Um, I definitely am not going to uh, regret illegally downloading this the next day and watching it. <laughs> so I'm very interested in that. Um, I'm, I'm also hoping because we've only got five names so far for the 15-person <laughs> emphasis on person uh, over-budget over battle royale. I am hoping that Taylor Hendricks joins that match and it can be the eventual <laughs> winner. But that's just me. Um, of course, I also am very interested in Okada vs. Scroll. Um, yeah. And like you said, I mean, go ahead. Do we think that the, the over-budget battle royal is how Flip Gordon finally sneaks in? I would say Flip Gordon is probably going to be the favorite for that. Um, yeah. the, the people that they have announced so far, um, Jordan Grace, Moose, Rocky Romero, Colt Cabana, and Ethan Page, only one of those is has a legitimate shot of winning it, I think, and that would be yeah. Moose. The rest, I mean, maybe Ethan Page, but Colt Cabana you're not going to waste. Um, Rocky Romero he's, and Molson. He's doing commentary on the on the weekly TV show now. Right, so. exactly. Um, Rocky Romero, I don't really think that he's he's going to be, um, you know, getting a shot at there either. And, and um, Jordan Grace, 
just kind of a seat filler. So, um, yeah, so I would say that uh, um, right now of those five, obviously Moose is your favorite. But, uh, but yeah, I would say, you know, um, Flip will most likely get involved in that. Um, there's there's a lot of other people that they could throw into that that that'll, go, that'll make it an interesting match. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so we will see what happens there. All right, um, moving right along, I guess we have to talk about WWE. Um, because that's yeah. that's what we do around here, um, and we're going to start things off uh, by discussing. Uh, let's go with um, let's go with some with some tag team action to start things off. Um, so we had a match between the B team and the Revival, and uh, that match ended in a no contest, <laughs> thanks to Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt learning or uh, Bray Wyatt teaching Matt Hardy how to teleport. Um, yeah. The match itself finally, finally, finally taught him how to derp. That's right. Uh, it took him a while, and uh, but you know it, it. It's it's a difficult thing to do. I mean, it seemed like Randy Orton learned it really quickly, but you know not everyone's as quick as a study as he is apparently. Um, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's the fact that Matt Hardy's body is fusing itself together. That uh, <laughs> that, that that might just be like something that uh, or. His body's fusing itself together because he learned how to derp and did it wrong. You know, that's... Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's always possible. That's, that's how Braun Strowman was created, actually. Because <laughs> they, they were going to debut two new members. It was going to be um, Vladimir Kozlov and Eugene. And they, they tried to derp together and just combined into one person. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's... It wound up being being good because now we've got Braun Strowman, but uh, you know, <laughs> R.I.P. Eugene. Cause of not so uh, much. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah. So continuing kind of the, the trend of, um, I guess tag teams kind of not being as important. Um, we continue to have the B team as champions. We continue to use the revival just to get over other programs. Yeah. Um, what did you What did you think of the B team's new theme song? Uh, I didn't hear it <laughs> because <laughs> because YouTube doesn't play theme songs. It just goes right into the match. So I I didn't hear it, but it's I will basically. I, I I don't remember the exact lyrics if you want to call them that, but it's basically leading the crowd into chanting for the B-team, and that's all it is. I see. Hmm. I mean, anything anything at this point. Um, you know, to anything to help them get over and to kind of keep them there. We've seen it in the past where whenever comedy teams, you know, tend to get get kind of strong or win, win titles that it doesn't last very long with the, how, how over they are. Um, just look at Rhino and, and Slater. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, looks like Battle Scars is the name of it. Interesting. Oh, I don't want to... I don't want to listen to it right now. Never mind. Alright, I'll listen to it later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we go we go from that um, for, for the tag team matches on Raw over to to SmackDown to talk about the fact that we had uh, a four part, four team uh, tournament in order to figure out who was going to face off against the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, the yeah. new the new day wound up winning their match. The Bar wound up winning their match, and the two of them faced off each other. 
Um, on SmackDown in what is being considered as one of the best tag team matches we've seen in a while. <clears throat> um, Absolutely. I I thought the match itself was was great. The 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 the, the story that they played with, you know, kind of one guy on each team being taken out and then, you know, they they took out Big E at first and so Kofi had to go quite a long time by himself and then they finally got that hot tag and then Kofi was dead from having to go by himself for such a long time. So Big E was kind of on his own. I thought they played it perfectly for the bar, uh, basically making it that extended handicap match. Um, yeah, the match the match itself was was great. Probably, like I said, the best the best tag team match we've seen uh, on the main roster this year so far. But I uh, I honestly honestly believe that the wrong team won here. I I would have to agree with you. We haven't seen the bar in a while because Creative had nothing for them. Um, and yeah, they they came over from Raw in the shakeup and have done practically nothing yeah. since then and and having the bar win would mean that you'd have a new matchup um but instead right, exactly. instead exactly. yes uh, um spoiler alert if you haven't watched it we are getting the new day versus bludgeon brothers at SummerSlam. um so yeah i'm i'm with you on that in the terms of the bar would have been the, the better choice um because if you you know the same this the same kind of uh, uh, excuse of well you want to have a, a heel versus face doesn't work when you continue to have a company say that there's no such things as heel versus faces anymore. Um, <laughs> so you could easily have had the Bludgeon Brothers face segments against the bar, um, and let the crowd decide who they were going to cheer for. Both you know both teams are over. Um, you know the bar for their their just amazing in ring work and the Bludgeon Brothers because uh, they beat the shit out of people with hammers. So. Um, and the crowd, the crowd was a hundred percent into this match. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there were other parts. There were other parts of SmackDown where the crowd was kind of dead, and the crowd really wasn't wasn't kind of taking part. But they were absolutely digging everything that was going on here. Yeah, this is the point uh, in the show that Jason would normally say that the reason that the New Day got chosen for this match was so that they could start to break up the New Day. Uh, but then when that doesn't happen he would then turn around and say, oh, well, they just wanted to put on a good show. So uh, <laughs> that's that's if Jason's here. He's not, so I'm going to say uh, this is just so that way they can have a, a decent match and they don't know what else to do right now um, with the tag titles. So uh, I, for one, don't really want to see the New Day win the titles again. Um, I, I would rather see what we've got with the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, they're just kind of starting on, you know, their their path here, and and I think that yeah. you you could use them to eventually get a, a newer team over, or to eventually help another team kind of get back into the llama. I mean, you've got the club over there on SmackDown doing jack shit. That would be a good team yeah. to ha- to actually use and to have the, to, to to kind of put them back into like, hey, we're an actual legitimate team here. Um, the same way where, where Ross should be using the revival to beat the, the the B team in order to get the revival back up to things, but instead, uh, I guess we'll just go with the, the leaders of world again. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I kind of understand if they're going to have the Bludgeon Brothers go over the New Day at SummerSlam, kind of trying to use that to continue to boost the Bludgeon Brothers and make them look like the unstoppable machines, you know, that they've booked them as so far. Uh, and maybe they're saving the bar for something else. You know, maybe they're saving the bar to take the, the belts off them later on. I don't know. But 
at this point with with without that foresight just you know after Tuesday's episode of Smackdown just see like you said it's we've seen this before there's nothing there's nothing new here to see the the others take on the new day again and so it just doesn't it doesn't pique my interest as much as I think uh, a Bludgeon Brothers versus the Bar match would going into SummerSlam which is supposed to be the the second biggest show of the year so did you happen to see the piss awkward uh interview in the back with the new day after the match <laughs> with with kramer oh, after the match i saw the one with kramer kingdom before the match yeah the, the, that uh, one earlier was earlier in the night that that one was pretty retarded um but no they they had maybe it was a wb.com exclusive um I, but, it must have been yeah but they had um random backstage female ring announcer or uh interview chick and she was pissed fucking god awful because she's standing there and she's and like Kofi Kingston like sneaks up behind her like he's a raptor and she's just like she's like oh you here comes one of them he's sneaking around and then like Xavier Woods rolls in on a card and she's like here comes Xavier Woods rolling in and he's got like different colors and he's like we're trying to figure out what colors we need for a victory celebration and then like Biggie is hiding in the back and she's just like calling on everything that's that's incurring around her and they all kind of go in there and they you know they do their typical spiel where they they want to be the five-time champions and um then all of a sudden <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're gonna have to play the game but they say we see the champ creeping which of course would be aj styles who must have been off camera so we're going to play a game, and now you haven't watched this, so um, you'll have to watch it and then, then let me know. We're going to play a game of Is It Racist? Because <laughs> when AJ Styles jumps on camera, and he does indeed, like, jump into the frame, he does a little bit of a shuck and jive. His, <laughs> his dance was maybe a little... Mm, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> It was a little questionable considering the uh, the ethnicity of the other people on screen with him. <laughs> so, um, so if you haven't watched that, make sure you do. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and try to see if I can bring it up. It, there won't be any sound for Adam, but I want to see if, if if he can watch it if I share my screen with him. Um, but yeah, so but but until I get to that, uh, yeah. Um, the new day, you know, we've kind of said all all we have to say about them. Like uh, like we both kind of agree on. We're not sure where this is going, but uh, I I guess we will see. Um. So the other thing, um, you know, going for going from AJ Styles or going from the new day to AJ Styles, um. Is AJ Styles and uh. Shit, uh, Samoa Joe have been doing a, um, a great job of continuing to progress their feud without actually um, having them uh, them touch at all. And fight each other, yeah. Uh, and I think that this is a, a great, great way. <laughs> okay, so now Adam has Adam can now see what's going on here. So, if it will load, I can see. Okay. It's not loaded yet? Okay. Uh, it's just spinning. Okay. Well, give it a second. I'm going to put it up to there. And then you tell me when you can see me. 
or when you can see my screen. So. <laughs> so yeah. So if you're listening at home. I hope this whole part gets cut out. Uh, it won't be because I'm not going to do that much editing. <laughs> so so yeah. So um, it, it obviously Samoa Joe last week. Um, you know, put cut a promo regarding AJ Styles being a bad father, which I thought was an interesting way to go with that. Um, this week, AJ Styles, you know, kind of fired back at him and talking about um, that family was important to him, and you know that he was going to, uh, you know, that that he was happy to to be there for his family when he needed to. Um, do you think this is the right direction to go with the storyline, kind of making things personal, or do you think that? There was a better better way that we could have gone with this. No, I I I, I love the the build here. Uh, I think they're doing a great job. You guys kind of touched on it briefly last week with Joe's promo that they're doing a great job of, of kind of bringing Joe back into the fold after not having used him recently. I thought AJ's promo this week was was very good and very emotional, very very personal. Like I said, he talks about how you know as you know as a father those are the sacrifices that you have to make in order to you know provide for your family and do you know do that uh, do that thing so that they can live the life that you know you you want them you want your kids to live a better life than you do basically is what the story was and then from there you know went on to talking about how uh you know they were they were very good friends they you know lived in the rat infested apartments and they you know they they rode in the, the stinky minivans and whatnot how you know when when AJ broke out with Joe, you've met my wife. I just uh, I thought that whole the whole promo was just fantastic. Talking about how you know basically Joe took 18 years or whatever it was, however long you know that friendship had been, and threw it all away in the course of two minutes last week with that uh, with the promo that he cut last week. I think this is is a much better build than. You know, a lot of the other matches on, on on SummerSlam right now, and we'll kind of get to that later. In terms of the fact that this is that this is that build where, by keeping them apart, when they finally fight at SummerSlam, it's it's going to be intense and it's going to be great, and the fans are all going to be kind of salivating for that first punch to finally be thrown. Hopefully, they won't fuck that up next week and just throw them in the ring on SmackDown on Tuesday. But uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes then. But uh, I think so far. This might be my favorite build to SummerSlam. Oh, there you go. Um, some, you know, it, we used to talk about the fact that WWE never admitted that people existed before they came to WWE. Um, obviously, that's been something that has slowly kind of changed. So the fact that they're they're sitting there and acknowledging that these two guys work together at a different company, they have a past together and everything like that, uh, I think is great. Um, speaking of them not touching each other, um, you know, you look at look at that compared to, uh, I know it's not on the rundown sheet, but Daniel Bryan and The Miz, where all of a sudden now we finally had Daniel Bryan get his hands on The Miz a little bit. Now, obviously, The Miz was able to turn it around at the end like that, but, um, you know, would you would you have preferred that they didn't have the altercation um, on, on what they claimed was the set of The Miz, Miz and Mrs., which clearly was them backstage? Uh <laughs> I loved your comment. I loved your comment on that last week. The fact that they're on the set of his reality show, even though it's a reality show, yeah. so wouldn't the set just be his house? Or the set would be, <laughs> the set would be anywhere he is. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's the set, set. Miss and Mrs. is anywhere the Miss is. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, so would you prefer that they um, that they didn't have this altercation? I don't know. I thought the the the, the thing that most that was most awkward to me about that that segment on SmackDown was the fact that they were touting it up as this Byron Saxton exclusive interview, and we come back from break and Byron's in the ring, and he calls the Miz, and the Miz is on the fucking screen. So why did Byron Saxton have to be in the ring if the Miz wasn't also going to be in the ring? That was a little that was a little weird to me. Uh, as for the attack, I didn't mind it. Um, I think that you know how they've told that story uh, going back to you know Talking Smack low those many many months ago when Talking Smack was still a thing, uh, and you know what started there and has now you know evolved into this. I think that has had so much more time to build that I don't think that this just kind of random beatdown is going to is going to take anything away from the match itself once we finally get that match itself I think this this was for what it was oh so live about that alright you still can't see anything I got nothing okay never mind I'll, I'll quit so everybody go Everybody go. Everybody go to WDB.com and look up this video of uh, of AJ Styles. Yeah. It's it's uh, called the yeah, yeah. It's called the New Day Celebrate with AJ Styles. Uh, watch it and then get then then email the show or tweet the show and tell me. Uh, go hashtag racist yes or hashtag racist no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So moving right along, uh, in honor of you being on the show. Uh, and you being one of the three people that actually watches 205 Live, uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the main event of 205 Live. Mustafa Ali took on Hideo Itami. So break down the match, um, what you thought were the five best spots in the match, and did you think that the booking was was right the way it ended? <laughs> so yeah, so the main event uh, last night for for 205 Live it was uh, was this match Ali versus Itami it was built. Over the past few weeks, where they've kind of been jawing at each other, uh, it was uh, last week or the week before that Itami came out and attacked Ali and ended up kind of laying him on the edge of the apron and then basically running dropkick his head into the side of the stairs, uh, which was pretty brutal. We got reports you know, throughout the show that Itami had been hospitalized because of that, that his doctors had advised him to, to ease up. We got a backstage segment with, with Ali and... Um, I'm completely Drake. There it is, Drake Maverick. I wanted to say Rockstar Spud, and I knew that wasn't his name anymore. Uh, Drake Maverick, where Drake is, you know, showing concern for Ali and saying, you know, are you sure, you know, you want to do this? Are you sure you're you're able to go out there and and still, you know, and still have this match? And Ali was reassuring him that it'll be fine. His doctor told him to take it easy. He was taking it easy, and now it's time. To... And so we get uh, we get the main event. We get this whole long. Uh, very good match, obviously. You know, like I said, 205 Live has kind of become one of those shows to watch now because the now that uh, Vince isn't in charge of the book, the the matches themselves are just you know out of this world. I uh, I like what they've been doing the past few weeks, where basically Drake Maverick opens the show and says, "Hey, these are the three matches we're having this week. Here's why. Let's do it." Um, and so you know we start the match. The match is great. They the two of them just beat the absolute hell out of each other. In the ring, out of the ring, on the barricade, uh, Itami sets him up for that st- drop kick into the stairs again, and, and Ali's able to avoid it this time. We get back in the ring for the finish, and uh, and you know Ali, they were fighting the aisle. Ali rolls uh, Hideo into the ring, 
goes up for the 054 and then basically loses his balance on the top rope, which is obviously a sign of distress. Uh, you know, Atami, he kind of kicks him, knocks him into the tree, whoa, hits, I think it was three running drop kicks to the face in a row, and then and then pins him. And then we we ended the show with the referee, like, audibly going, do you know where you are? Do you know what year it is? And Drake Maverick running out and freaking out and yelling for EMTs and yelling for referees. And that's how we went off the air. And I think just the that they played that story for the entire episode leading up to this to this main event where where they were telling us that hey you know ali had to get checked out by by doctors after that attack last week and and the doctors told him to, to lay off and he's insisting that he's fine but we're still going to go for it and just the way that that played out i think just was was a beautiful piece of storytelling a great piece of television and uh, and i'm honestly kind of looking forward to see what happens next week in terms of how how they're going to continue that and and you know what happens between him and Atami from here. So if you haven't seen last night's, well, this will go out tomorrow. So Tuesday night's 205 live. Uh, I I certainly recommend watching it on the regular, but uh, certainly at least check out that uh, that match. All right. And uh, to our fans that uh, are still here, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go back to uh, something that people actually watched. So, uh, over on SmackDown, now, this is going to cause me physical distress to talk about. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Me, me too. So, it's, been, it's been a journey, okay? And it's been a journey that I, I've taken you on and, and Adam has taken you on. Our hatred for a, a, a certain superstar... If, if I could use that term in the loosest sense, uh, has been well documented. Neither of us are a fan of Ron the Truth Killings, a.k.a. R-Truth. But somehow, somehow, the writers of the show wound up finding a way to make him actually funny this week. Um, it wasn't his typical, like... I'm a moron. I'm just walking around and stuff like that. He still was a moron, but uh, he was a moron with some self-aware commentary. So there was he a, actually made a funny joke. This yes. Time. So there was a backstage segment where Shinsuke Nakamura, Ty Dillinger, and R Truth were there, and R Truth wanted a shot at the United States Championship, and. He proceeded, and he proceeded to say that he was going to earn a title shot the same way everyone else does, by pinning Carmella. Uh, so, yes, I laughed at something that our truth said. Um, yeah. it, now it, it physically hurt me to do so. Yes, it did, because I, as I go into every our um, truth segment on SmackDown or on Raw, um, I typically go in by first loading a revolver and sticking it up to my my temple. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, this time, let me tell you, I actually put the gun down, gave a little gave a little chuckle and said, "Okay, as long as there's not actually an R-Truth match later, I'm fine." And then there was an R-Truth match. <laughs> 
bad. <laughs> the match itself was was nothing special, but uh, that that joke plus the fact that that Shinsuke responded to him in Japanese, yeah, and Ty Dillinger goes, "No speaker Japanese." Yeah. So yes, yeah, promo. The, yeah, mark it on the calendar. This is the only time you will ever hear either of us say this. The R Truth promo this week wasn't bad. True. Very. I disagree. Very I disagree with Jason's notes on the rundown here that it was the best part of SmackDown. I strongly disagree with that. But he, they gave him. They they actually gave him a joke this week that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. That will never happen again. That's true. Hey, so <laughs> am I wrong in thinking that I that Ty Dillinger was a Raw superstar? I thought he was on Raw. You you bugged you bugged out on me. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was I was confused because I thought that Ty Dillinger got drafted to Raw from SmackDown. Am I wrong in that? Oh, don't pay attention. That just makes it worse. I just, I just feel like I remember him being on Raw and us wanting him on SmackDown, and then him finally going to SmackDown and not doing anything. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I put that backwards. Either way. Um, so yeah. So uh, enough talking about that bullshit. Uh, let's talk about uh, some ladies. So obviously, if you listened to last week, we were very prepared to. Um, shit all over Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox. Um, Jason put the over-under on uh, number of botched moves by Alicia Fox, or maybe it was Sal, at three. Um, I didn't pay enough attention to this match to actually see if if he was correct or not. Uh, but either way, uh, actually a, a decent match. Um, I This is what's kind of difficult for me because... I don't think that Ronda Rousey has has earned being a main event of a Raw when that's still a relatively um, kind of new concept for the ladies. Uh, Alicia Fox definitely has not deserved to even um, be in existence at this point. So I don't know how she managed to get in the main event of Raw. Uh, but it happens. So, so yeah, so... Charlotte, Sasha Banks, main eventers on, main eventers on, on a weekly television show... Uh, Lita, Trish Stratus, main eventers, Alicia Fox, a main eventer. <laughs> so, one of those things is not like the other. One of those things is dumb. Yeah. I, I mean, I get why. I get why that was the main event spot because it was, you know, Ronda's raw debut and it was a big fucking deal. Um, I think it would have been, uh, as you guys kind of talked about last week, it would have been more of a big fucking deal if they'd actually been able to do it with Mickey James. That certainly would have been a more enjoyable match if they'd been able to do it with Mickey James, considering the fact that Mickey James can actually fucking wrestle. What? But um, the, yeah, the match itself, uh, like you said, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't hold my attention, as a lot of things in the WWE don't these days. Um, I mean, it didn't... Uh, nothing, nothing stood out that seemed particularly awful, other than the fact that Alicia Fox was there. But... Um, yeah, I am 100% on the Jason bandwagon from last week that she needs to go, and she needs to go like 10 fucking years ago. Listen, do you have any idea... the worst. Do you have any idea how hard it is to maintain an erection while watching a Ronda Rousey match when they keep cutting over to Alicia Fox? 
right? <laughs> like, like the, this match ended with Ronda Rousey's titty almost falling out, and I <laughs> trust me, I came, but it it was far far more difficult than it should have been. All right, because Alicia Fox was underneath those legs, and I was like, she's she's still there, man, and it's just make she's just a boner killer, dude. Oh man. Thankfully, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, buddy. Hey, you know, it's okay. It's okay because I got to watch Charlotte, Becky, and the Iconics face off against each other on the next night. And let me tell you, let me tell you, you you know that scene in the first Spider-Man movie when he's testing out his web slinging? That's what my bedroom looked like. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I watched that on the treadmill at the at the gym. That was uh, oh man, a little weird. You must have stuck to the bottom of that treadmill. It must have been been quite a sight. There's an emergency uh, stop button. Mm, clean up all old jizz. That. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought that match was great. I thought the the follow up, uh, the the fact that they had kind of almost the matching promo before and after to kind of play into the the triple threat at SummerSlam. I thought that was great. I, despite the crowd reaction at uh, where they fucking where the fuck were they? I don't even know. Nobody cares. Uh, despite the crowd reaction, I thought the iconics promo before the match was great with uh, not them not being able to find Becky and then finally locating her where she's always been in Charlotte's shadow mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought this match was fantastic yeah uh, it's a shame that the Iconics continue to lose every match that they're in but hey at yeah. least they're getting TV sure. time we certainly could have built up a little bit more drama had uh, Becky and, and Charlotte lost the match but uh, yeah. you know yeah, I appreciate the WB is still trying to to run more than one storyline for with the women on each show. Um, obviously, you've got um, the, the Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss storyline on Raw. But you also have the Boss and Hug connection, which we have to come up with a better fucking name because I'm not going to keep saying that horrifically <laughs> bad name. Um, but yeah, it's they awful. yeah, it's awful. They wound up losing to the Riot family thanks to the returning Ruby yeah. Riot. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know why Ruby Wright was was incognito for this because I feel like she could have just I, I watched. Enjoyed, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that Sarah Logan didn't seem to know that that was going to happen. Yeah, it did seem like she was like shocked by it. She's like, "Oh, holy <laughs> shit! Look, you're back." Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, 2018 Women's Revolution, uh, woman win- continues to win by a fruit roll-up. So uh, you know, couldn't. <laughs> why? Why? Why can't? <laughs> Remember when Kelly Kelly's finisher was the reversal? Yeah. Why why can't they they do... Uh, no, I, I understand that there are men's matches that end with fruit roll-ups as well. But why can't they have Sarah Logan turn her around and hit her finisher, whatever the fuck it happens to be, and then pin her off, off of that? Why do they have to do the fucking roll-up and it's not really a win because Sasha's was fucking kicking like a newborn baby? Like, it just, it just feels... It just feels like, okay, well, we, we gave them the wins so that we could progress the storyline, but we don't really want them to get any kind of shine from it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta progress, you gotta keep them strong, pal. Yep, keep them strong by doing shit like this. Yeah, I mean, all Ruby, and the other thing, too, was all Ruby did was pull Liv Morgan out of the way, but Liv Morgan wasn't the legal person, so she probably could have taken that hit and it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, I guess I guess it did cause a little bit of a distraction, but then just have that be the spot. It wouldn't have been so distracting. Yeah, but she could have just 
like hopped up on the ring apron and caused the same same yeah. fucking distraction. But yeah, I Liv, guess Liv, Liv Morgan absolutely could have just come through the crowd and not been wearing the fucking hoodie yeah. with the, all the way zipped up. Mm-hmm. She really could have just showed up and, and been fine. But no, we had to get the super surprise. I mean, it, it wasn't someone in a Shinsuke Nakamura mask, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> okay, so moving right along to our main events. Uh, which major summer? She puts major SummerSlam match. I'm just gonna go ahead and say which SummerSlam match has the worst build. So SummerSlam is is coming up here. All right. So here is not this weekend, but next weekend. Yes. Predictions are gonna be next week. Yep. So here is the eleven. Good fucking god, eleven matches that have been booked so far for <laughs> SummerSlam. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bork Laser will defend the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. Alexa Bliss will defend the Raw Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. AJ Styles will defend the WWE Championship against Samoa Joe, probably on the pre-show. The Bludgeon Brothers will defend the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the New Day again. Braun Strowman will uh, defend his Money in the Bank contract versus Kevin Owens again, this time in just a singles match. Dirk Zogler will take on Seth Rollins for the IC belt. Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte will take uh, on each other for the Women's Championship Cedric Alexander faces up against Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight Championship. Shinsuke Nakamura takes on Jeff Hardy for the U.S. Championship. Finn Balor takes on Constable Baron Corbin for nothing. And Dan Bryan takes on The Miz for rights to The Miz's Baby. So, which one of those matches <laughs> did you feel uh, has had the worst build so far? It was, uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, it was leaning towards... Constable Corbin and Finn Balor because the entire story as far as I could tell behind that match was basically the same story behind Big Cass versus Daniel Bryan before Big Cass got shit canned which is you're short Um, and then then we got uh, we got Roman Reigns uh, becoming number one contender again, and uh, Bobby Lashley instead of doing something interesting, singing with Elias. So, which by the way, neither are books. Yeah, right. So last week, notwithstanding, because la- last week it was all right. Um, I also heard an interesting theory. You, you, you guys touched on it last week that at the end of Raw last week, they were chanting, the fans were chanting, we want Roman, we want Roman. I have heard tell that they were actually chanting, we want Strowman, we want Strowman. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, my my pick, my pick for, build, for, for worst build here is going to be the Universal title match. Um, not just because the champion is never on the fucking program, but because, again, this is something that we have seen about 718,000 times before. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. And going into it, you think to yourself, oh, hey, maybe this will finally be the time that Roman wins the title and we can have a top championship back on Raw again. And every time the pay-per-view ends and my fucking butthole hurts, Interesting. But uh, I think this might be the one, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, I look at this. Lesnar and Reigns have interacted with each other, at least. Um, Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey obviously have had their kind of thing. Styles and Joe have been going back and forth. 
Strowman and Owens, you know, Strowman tipped over the fucking thing. Ziggler and Rollins fight each other every week. Carmella gets pinned by every single person. Um, Corbin and Baylor just had their thing. Brian and Miz, had, you know, have had their thing. For for me, I don't I don't watch enough Two Five Live to know if Cedric Alexander is actually even acknowledged that Drew Gulak is a person on the show. Um, yeah, Drew, Drew Gulak won a tournament too. Yeah, I won a, a contenders match, and then they had a contract signing last week. That was actually pretty good. But yeah, so that, you wouldn't so, know that, would you? Right. So you've got those two guys who <laughs> who have had one interaction. will have two by the time the the paper goes by. The Bludgeon Brothers and New Day will have one interaction next week because that was a tournament going on. So they've had no fucking build. But to me, it's Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy. Like, you've got Shinsuke out there, you know, with he's facing R-Truth this week. Last week he faced some other fucking guy or whatever like that. They haven't had as much interaction as I thought, and it's been more Jeff Hardy <laughs> and Randy Orton interacting with each other than Shinsuke yeah. and Jeff Hardy. That's a, very, it's a, it's a very good point that, yeah, for the past... You know, three weeks since the last pay-per-view, Jeff Hardy's been feuding with Randy, and now suddenly we're having a U.S. title match at SummerSlam. Do uh, I mean there was? I know people were saying based on the build that maybe they they would make it a triple threat and throw Randy in there as well, but I don't I don't see them doing that at this ridiculous reason as a last-minute announcement on on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, my only issue is, with. Yeah, my, my only issue with that is we already have a triple threat match, and usually they don't do yeah. more than one triple threat match. Um, yeah. So unless they somehow make it a fatal four-way match by adding our truth to it, which is always possible, <laughs> something that they could do. So yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I, I would say um, the majority of the matches, though, as we just ran through, have actually had some some build to it. Um, now we might get a twelfth match with Elias and Bobby Lashley. Because, you know, Bobby Lashley had a gigantic win over Roman Reigns and then can't get booked on the next show. Um, yeah. See, so, I think, I think, you, de- I think you defeated yourself there because you, we were talking about which, which matches have the worst build, and, and that match doesn't have any build, so it can't have the worst because it doesn't have any. That's true. <laughs> I mean, they, had, they at least had a segment with each other. It's better than nothing. So, um, But yeah, so unless you have something else to say about this week in wrestling... I'll take that as a no. Go, go what? Go five live. <laughs> okay. Let's see what's going on around the independent circuit. RCCW presents the anniversary live Friday, August 10th at the American Legion Post 52 in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Already announced former WWE and Impact star Mr. Anderson Kennedy will take on AC Riley. <laughs> Uh, the natural Chris Black will defend the heavyweight championship against Jared Jacks, who's putting his career on the line. Uh, the tag team championship tournament will con- conclude as Empire takes on Aaron Sacrifice and his mystery partner. The City of the Cross championship will be on the line as Aesop Mitchell takes on Chase McCoy. Lumberjack grudge match will take place between Kyle Roberts and Devlin Kane. The Dojo Boys collide as Colin Brooks takes on Adam Grace. Cody Coda Jacobs will take on Angry Dragon, which is what I call my penis. RCCW year-end awards and a Hall of Fame induction starting at 6.30 and much more. Our card is subject to change. Advanced discount tickets are still available at rccw.rocks slash tickets. Limited front row, still available. It's an interesting URL. I don't mm-hmm. know how you get a dot rocks. I don't know. You can, get a, anyway. you can get a dot pussy fart at this point, so... <laughs> 
I literally spit just then. That was oh nice. Anyway, so make sure uh, to check out make sure to check out our website rundownwrestling.pussyfart.com. <laughs> All right, so anything that says Jason, you can go ahead and read that. Now we got to register pussyfart.com. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lucky Pro Wrestling presents Summer Sizzle this Saturday, August 11th at the Elks Hall on School Street in Clinton, Massachusetts. That's a good Elks Hall. Doors open at 7, live wrestling at 7.30. Uh, your main event, the LPW Heavyweight Championship on the line as Vern Vicalo with Jillian Lee defends that title against Makua with Mr. Brian Cairo. The LPW Tag Team Championships on the line as the Bitter Club, uh, Bitter Buddy, and Sensational Scotty take on All Cash, Davy Cash and Shea Cash. Women's champion Adira defending in a triple threat match against Alicia and Taylor Hendricks. And the Hard Knocks champion Randy Sean will be making an open challenge for that Hard Knocks championship. Also, the Native American Tomahawk taking on Scotty Slade with his sister Sarah at his side. Sweat Boy Christopher James and Richard Rich taking on the team of upper class King Leon VI and Zachary Pierre Beaulieu. Also, Robbie the Giant versus Anthony Stone and much, much more. For more information, go to LuckyProWrestling.com. Tickets are $15 at the door. Uh, online ticketing has ended for that event. I feel like Lucky Pro would get a lot more... Um, traffic to the website if they're lucky for wrestling dot pussy part. But anyways, <laughs> ICW returns to the Lusica Lounge. Just look into that. <laughs> yeah, August nineteenth for just for the fuck of it, an extra show before the insane yes. eight event later in the day. <laughs> that's that's true. Doors up at twelve twenty p.m. with meet and greet going from twelve thirty until one p.m. Ringside VIP tickets are $10. Second row general admission is $5. These show tickets are separate from your Insane 8 tickets, so make sure to get both, or you're going to get kicked out after just for the fuck of it. VIP ringside tickets include meet and greet with Davari and all talents in the show. Former WWE, TNA, ROH, and Lucha Underground's Sheik Sean Davari has been signed for just for the fuck of it. And he will be taking on... He will, do, well, he will be doing an open challenge for any worthless American on the roster in an anything-goes-falls-count-anywhere match. We will have a big-time match as all chairs legal. Corporal Robinson takes on Peter B. Beautiful, the undead outlaw Cash Borden, and the Slumerican scumbag Dalton Diamond. I said five times. Yeah, right. The ICW Tag Team titles will be on the line with Shoots and Wanderers, Scott Marciano, AC Riley, with Jason J. Take on the Bear Kingdom, Juan Hernandez, and also Turco. Blaze and Benjamin takes on Rico De La Vega. Straight Hatred Jack Blackwell, Zach McGuire, and Kata with Miss Hatred take on Michigan-made Mongo, and just saying, Jacob Hoffman and Simon Says. Evil Threat, Sierra and Dysfunction will take on Tyler Sunday and Pitstain. Angel Del Rado, Del Rado, Del Rado, Del Rado, okay. We'll take on James Tapia. Sure. Doesn't matter. And we will... (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, The Fuck It Rumble match will take place. (laughs) (laughs) It's Jacob Hoppin, Simon Says, Cato, Blackwell, Maguire, Rizzo Life, Tyler Sunday, AC, Riley, Scott Marciano, and more will be in the match. Go ahead. They're really riding that... They're riding that gimmick hard, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yep. And, as I said, separate from that event, after Just for the Fuck of It... ICW remains at the Labica Lounge for the Insane 8 Hardcore Tournament. Second row VIP is $25. Second row general admission is $20. Ringside second row VIP includes event ticket, photographs, autographs with all the wrestlers or groups of individuals, and early entry for three bonus matches. Early entry is 3 p.m. 
Seven violent, hardcore, bloody tournament matches take place. Three non-tournament matches plus two bonus VIP matches. It's Sunday, bloody motherfucking Sunday, as the ICW Alternative Championship will be defended in this tournament. Who are the Insane Eight? Well, they are Dysfunction, Plaguebringer Marcus Crane, High Class Villain Mo Foley, John Wayne Murdoch, Husky Heartthrob Cody Rice, The Dark Prophet Orrin Veet, Reed by God Bentley, and Hated One Kato. The first round matches. Uh, if you're like Jason, you'll you'll enjoy the first round and second round matches. Cody Rice and Reed Bentley will be will be taking each other on in a tax tubes and ladders match. Orrin Veet and Mo Foley will take on each other in a sticks and stones with a side of glass match. The fans bring the weapons match and a casket match will take place with as Dysfunction takes on Kato. And a barbed wire slaughter match between Marcus Crane and John Wayne Murdoch will be the opening round. The second round will see the winner of Rice or Bentley take on the winner of Murdoch and Crane. In a kitchen massacre, fans bring the weapon match. And Dis or Kato will take on Orin or Foley in a Doors of Death bundles and carpet strips match. And the finals of that match, if anyone is left alive, the ICW alternative title will be decided in an ultimate insanity match. Also on the card, the ICW world title will be t- will be defended as the Greek franchise GQ Giannis takes on Ego Fantastico and Ice Pick Vic Capri. And VIP ticket holders will have an exclusive show where, where they will see a VIP main event boot camp match between Deathmatch legend Corporal Robinson and Pitstain. ROH's Midwest Slayers teach the Shadows challenges for the ICW Midwest title versus Mario Andrew Carvello and Sierra and Aesop Mitchell. And Psycho Chase McCoy takes on Mikey Wild. <laughs> as, as someone who's not on the show regularly, I can say that that sounds fucking terrible um that sounds amazing yeah, i don't know, know what you're talking about back to where it, yeah, it goes back to where it all began as we present as they present big bang 10 on thursday night august 23rd at the malden irish american club bell time is at 7 p.m in your main event the ufo heavyweight champion and ring of honor wrestler the kingpin brian malonis you may know he's been the he's been the uh, ufo champion for about 84 years now uh, defends the title against the returning mass hole Mike McCarthy. The cool people defend the UFO tag team titles against the reuniting Red Carpet Club, Bo Douglas and Jason Rumble. Uh, former Impact Wrestling star Robbie E goes one-on-one with the international male Aaron Amadeus. The selfie-made man Vern Vicalo takes on New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer Slick Wagner Brown. There will also be a special autograph session with former WCW Impact and WWE star Ernest the Cat Miller. $25 for an autograph, $25 for a photo op, or get both for only 40 Plus, a limited package dealer for $50 includes the combo option up to five items signed, plus a second or third row seat with a separate meet and greet 30 minutes before the doors open. Also scheduled to appear the Widow Belmont, Davey N., Adam Barrasano, the Murder Lodge, Dan Terry, the biggest of them all, Benny Jooks, the prize Alec Price, the professional Channing Thomas, and much, much more. Card, of course, subject to change. Front row tickets are $15, general admission $12. For more information, check out UFO Wrestling on Facebook. 
And to reserve your tickets, you can use the friends and family feature at paypal.me slash Patrick Dillon. And since you guys never spell that out, I will say it is D-I-L-L-O-N on Dillon, paypal.me slash Patrick Dillon. One more that's not on the rundown here because I didn't copy and paste it, but Saturday, September 1st, Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to the Newburyport Elks Lodge with the fi- semifinals and finals of the 2018 Road to Royalty Tournament. Reserved front row tickets for the show are $15. Advanced general admission tickets are $10. They will be $12 at the door at AtlanticProWrestling.com. Already signed for that show after Old Yankee Homecoming a couple of weeks ago. The debuting in APW, Benny Jooks, the biggest of them all, will take on the APW heavyweight champion, Dynamite Danny Miles, for the heavyweight championship. And again, we will crown the road to royalty, the king of APW for the next year, as these four men will take part in the semifinals and finals of the tournament. It is Stiff Mike, the Margarici, Mass Appeal, Travis Gillette, and Bitter Buddy Romano in the semifinals of the Road to Royalty Tournament 2018. Much more to be announced in the coming weeks. Look for the event on Facebook, or as I said, go to AtlanticProWrestling.com. All right. So bad news. Apparently we cannot get RundownWrestling.PussyFart. But for just $20 a year, we can get RundownWrestling.Dance. So... There's that. But that doesn't feel bad price. <laughs> That's just true. No, you can get you can get even you can get normal ones for twelve bucks a year. So yeah, not a bad price at all. Which I assume that's how we got uh, QuestNetwork.com. Make sure to check that out for all of the other questionable endeavor podcasts, if they still exist. But that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, August 9, 2018. It has been two weeks since we had anything good in this section. You can, this is, I always get this backwards, you can like us on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash rundownwrestling, or follow us on Twitter at rundownpodcast. Email the show via rundownwrestling at gmail.com, and guess what? I've got an email to read. So of course you know that we've had... We've had a little bit of a back and forth thanks to uh, uh, Mr. Nathan Hooper. Sadly, we have not got a follow-up to it, but uh, Jeffrey from Massachusetts chiming in again, uh, talking about last week's show. Jason and Troy, holy shit, the rant on Alicia Fox? Oh my god, absolutely hilarious. There are wrestlers that are killing themselves and she's alive, fuck her. Oh my god, one of the best things you've ever said. Great show, and thanks for getting my email on last week's show about Nathan Hooper. Fuck that bitch. Can you imagine how offended he is now after this show? Peace out, Jeffrey from Massachusetts. Thank you again, Jeffrey. Uh, continue to give us your feedback, and I'm going to continue to read every email you send us, no matter what it <laughs> says. And I, I say, any email sent into the show, we will read, no matter what it says, because we're not bitches like What's NXT. He'll do it, too. I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. Help us clean out the cobwebs there. That's 61 Rundown 7. We are on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. We still have our two loyal members, and we will be getting a new show at you coming soon from Adam. You can listen to it. It is written. It is written. It is waiting to be uh, waiting to be recorded, and then it will go up there for our for our patrons. I I do apologize again. I, I know I said so at the start of the show. I do apologize for kind of the, the break that Nitromania took here. Uh, again, just uh, we got up to to hog wild, and then just had scheduling conflicts trying to get uh, uh, Brian Malonis on the show, and so he has uh, gracefully graciously stepped aside, and so my new guest 
is uh, is Tony S, uh, New England wrestling referee and executive vice president of Lucky Pro Wrestling. He comes highly regarded and highly recommended to uh, to be the guy to fill in on the Hogwild episode. We are planning uh, right now to record that tomorrow night, uh, so that should go up on uh, on Tuesday. Excellent, excellent. Make sure to listen to our friends, Kemp and Brian Malotis, on my crack on the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Facebook.com says EWPN or the WPAN.com. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on his show, Yes and Balls, on Top TV. Go to TopTV.com to stream it live. Stay tuned to the Roundup Wrestling Podcast to hear our other great shows. NXT Revisited, The Rundown Sit Down, WrestleMania Salvation, and maybe Glow Stick, which will be coming out this Friday, and the Nitro Mania Podcast whenever Adam puts it out. And make sure to follow our host on Twitter. I swear. Yep. I swear. Make sure to follow our host on Twitter at jstuart0920, at rockstartroy, at the Salzer effect, at pussyfart, at nitromaniapod, at put out a show, and I'll plug your Twitter, and at Johnny Analog. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Adam for stepping in this week. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And. Thanks to Jason for our theme song. Next week, we have SummerSlam Predictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess my internet likes you a lot more than it likes Jason, because it actually stayed connected this whole time. I, I, it's much easier to connect with me than it is to him. I'm a very, I'm a very loving lover. All right, so unless you've got anything else that you want to plug, sir? I think we, I think we covered it. Alright, we will see you next Thursday. Bye bye! Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me, I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Alright then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently agreed to us following the untimely death of Adam Sazer, and he was reincarnated <laughs> and brought back, <laughs> brought back out of the show. This week's show is edited by me, or I'm going to use that term loosely. Uh, this episode was hosted by me, Troy, and Adam Sazer. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of our other podcasts and shows on questionnetwork.com. And if you have Words of Geekdom in the Question Network death pool, you win a prize. And tune in next week for another episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Who put that question mark in the teleprompter? <laughs> I'm going to do it every time until it's gone. <laughs> All right. So let's grab this guy here.